Good morning, Unity of Melbourne. I am Reverend Ogan Holler. I am so thrilled to be able to share this time with you today. You know, speaking with you is sort of a coming of full circle in a ways for me. Not with you guys specifically, but when I first got ordained 10 years ago, um, for about most of that first year, year and a half, I traveled all over the country speaking at various Unity churches. I like to call it my rock star preacher tour. I mean, I was a preacher, not necessarily a rock star, but sometimes it felt that way. Unity communities were very welcoming and they opened their arms to me. Some of them were trying to hire me on the spot. But what was really fun, or at least I thought it was fun, I'd roll in, share a message that sometimes might have been a little bit mm, controversial, maybe a little bit uh, um, ruffling of the waters and the feathers, as they say. And then I just hop back on the plane and go home. Um, it was good times. And then I became an associate minister at a church. And then I became a senior minister. And I only just left that senior minister position a couple months ago. I got clear after the way church uh, was trending and the, the pivot we had to make in the pandemic that as we reopened, I guess, society, as we endeavored to return to our way of life in some ways, that I got clear that I didn't want to do church as normal. I wanted to find a new, I think, more um, present for the times way of delivering this message and of being in ministry, of being a spiritual activist, doing what I could do to truly reach a larger audience with the work of anti-racism. I partnered with Reverend Kelly Isla, who some of you might have heard of, and we started Project Sanctus. It's an online spiritual community. Our tagline is, let's get our holy on, which I think encapsulates everything we do. It's a safe, brave online space that allows participants to truly uncover, discover, reveal, and live their holiest selves. And I should say our holiest selves, because like you, I'm also on the journey of doing that every single day. And one of the ways that I'm very clear about doing that is putting into practice what I understand that you all are constantly in a journey of exploring, which is the 12 powers. Those 12 innate divine faculties that are part of the essence of who we are as divine beings. They are, they, they, they are sometimes these sort of like, you know, heady esoteric concepts but really they're 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 just really ways of allowing us to articulate who we are as divine beings that we can put into practical use every single day of our lives in every situation that's going on these powers are, are, are neutral they are impersonal in other words they don't, they don't care how they're being used um and what i mean by that is like uh here's a good example um think of a chair right a chair doesn't care how it's used. You can use a chair to sit, become still, meditate. A chair is a tool for supporting you in your transformative, transcendent experience. 
You could also take that chair and in an act of rage and violence, throw it through somebody's window or use it as a weapon to hurt them. In, the, in that way, the, the chair is neutral. It, it, it's, its use depends on the user. And so it is with the 12 powers because we are all innately divine and how we use these abilities for good or for less than good is entirely up to us. We can also be using them consciously or unconsciously. They're always at play. Why? Because we are always divine. And the power I truly want to address today, the one that sort of helped get me clear about my path, is the power of understanding. This is the power to sort of comprehend and interpret knowledge, to make a connections at a cognitive level. And we can do this from both a place of our human consciousness, you know, we, which is we, we bring in information through our five senses and our thoughts and our feelings. And, and we, we, we filter those through our beliefs and whatever um, experience we've gained over the years and from our education and, 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 and use that as our, our formula or framework for understanding ourselves and life. And God or or we also realize that there's an there's a an, an elevated expanded wider deeper level of consciousness from which we can use this power of understanding that's based on divine ideas and principles and and laws it's 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 gained and and activated and perfected and honed Truly by, by spending time in the silence and developing our spiritual nature. It, it sort of, it sort of, I think, experiences as a, as a flash of, of intuitive realization of, of, of insight. Um, when, when we're in a place where we're not clear what to do, it is that instinctual, intuitive, from deep within a place that we can't quite touch and articulate when when the when the revelation comes that that is a power of understanding at play and it's not something we can think about now our our thinking nature is 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 connected to that and is part of that but but the spiritual understanding transcends the intellectual understanding often it's the spiritual understanding that lets us know when our intellectual understanding may be a little bit off track so i want to bring another example to play um, and and show you how we can apply our spiritual understanding to even um, a spiritual concept like abundance um, abundance is a word that we we hear about and and use a lot um, in unity and other new thought communities many of you have had experience with abundance programs like like uh 4t if any of you go way back to the 4t days remember 4t 4t days uh, the case of the kingdom um all sorts of um abundance and prosperity programs have made their way uh, through unity and new thought communities and the idea of those programs were I think centered around the 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 the, the idea that uh, as divine beings who have the um, power of creation instilled in us, we can we can create and manifest things in our life, and 
there was always a heavy emphasis I found on manifesting. And I always found this curious because if manifesting was sort of the benchmark for if we really got this concept of understanding of abundance, I'm sorry, if manifestation was the benchmark was the proof, does that mean that if something didn't manifest, we weren't doing it right, that, that, that we didn't really get it, um, that we didn't have enough uh, spiritual power within us to make these things happen? And then, and then what about things that were showing up in our life that, that we, that, that we didn't ask for, we didn't call for and, and you know, what is that saying about us? So, so for me, there was a, there was a whole lot of unanswered questions around it. There was sometimes an underlining current of shame. If there was, um, you know, I saw other people manifesting things and I wasn't manifesting things and what was wrong with me. And there was, there's a lot of that. Um, but when I apply true spiritual understanding, divine understanding to this idea of abundance, what I realize is uh, abundance isn't, isn't about manifesting. Abundance isn't about things we can see. <clears throat> abundance is again, a state of consciousness is a state of consciousness from which we reside, from which we live. And we can experience that as, as inner peace, as, as unconditional self-love and worthiness, as a sense of fulfillment. And I think these are the true benchmarks. Why is that? Because usually when we get distracted with and preoccupied with manifesting outside of ourselves, we're usually trying to manifest things in order to make us feel a certain way. Right? We're trying to manifest um, money, good income, which nothing wrong with that. But are we manifesting it because for some reason that is a signifier of our worth? Are we trying to manifest it in order to feel safe in case something dangerous happens down the road? Um, are we manifesting it because we are afraid of something? Are we manifesting it because maybe we, we grew up? In extreme poverty and we are very clear that that's not one of going to be our experience so we're rejecting that part of who we were right so so where's the manifestation desire coming from when we when we gain true spiritual understanding we realize that we don't we don't manifest what we want what we end up doing is experiencing who we really are so if we are steeped in fear if we are steeped in uh, unworthiness, if we are steeped in uh, self-hatred, then we're going to experience that around us, no matter what shows up in our life. So we could get the great job and have the big paycheck, but if we're still living from a place of fear and lack, we will never feel like we have enough. And if we don't feel like we have enough, then we're not going to feel like we are enough. We don't manifest what we want we experience who we are so the question is who do you want to experience do you want to experience inner peace unconditional self-love and worthiness and that's a sense of walking through this world feeling fulfilled free of fear that in my opinion is the consciousness of abundance and it doesn't mean we don't get a great job. It doesn't mean we don't go live in a great house or good neighborhood. It doesn't mean we travel. It doesn't mean we save money for when we retire. Uh, it doesn't mean any of those things. 
But again, we can have all those things and still be filled with inner conflict and not feel worthy. And then we're not living in that abundance consciousness. And we will continue to experience life from those places. So how do we how do we how do we allow ourselves to to live, to develop, to connect with that state of consciousness that is abundance? I believe there are four states of beingness that we gotta we gotta live from. We have to center ourselves around. There's forgiveness, there's acceptance, there's service, and there's trust. I use the acronym FAST. F-A-S-T. Fast abundance. It's a little bit of a misnomer, right? Because it implies that you're going to get something quickly. That's not what it is. When we live from forgiveness, acceptance, service, and trust, we develop that abundance consciousness that is always present with us. And therefore, all that we are seeking to feel and experience is right there. So it is a little bit of an instantaneous thing, but it's also a little bit of a, this is an ongoing journey. One doesn't get to abundance, right? One is abundance. And then one has to live from that abundance. When we speak of forgiveness, it's not the usual concept of of, of righting an external wrong or coming to peace with an external wrong. Forgiveness, I view it as an entirely internal process of loving the wounded parts of ourselves. We go through life and things happen to us. And we, we have these soul wounds or, or soul scars. And, and, and every time something close to it happens again, we get triggered and we react from fear. And we, and we, you know, there's a flight or fight response. You know, we're in relationships and somebody says or does a thing that reminds us of something that happened with our parents or in childhood and we lash out at that person. If there are a significant other, that just makes it all the more challenging. There's a, you know, there's that old saying that uh, as, as, as men, we always end up marrying our mothers because we're trying to work through our mother issues. Well, how about realizing that, that the forgiveness is not about forgiving your mother. The forgiveness is truly about loving those wounded parts and healing those wounded parts of yourselves so that they're not triggered by relationships that you're in. And again, it's not about a man or woman thing. It's more about the energy. Male, female, feminine, masculine, divine energy. Forgiveness is the act of loving the wounded parts of yourselves. You know where those wounds are. You know when they get triggered. And the moment that that happens, just take a deep breath and realize you're triggered and be grateful that you were triggered because it makes you see that there's still work to be done there. There's still love to be sent there. And you just simply keep loving that wounded part of yourself until that wound, that pain, that hurt begins to dissipate because, because love is the great harmonizer. And isn't that what healing a wound is? Bring in what's been torn back together. So forgiveness is simply loving ourselves, especially the wounded parts of ourselves. And we can begin that to, to we can begin doing that through acceptance, right? Mindful and compassionate, knowing that just as we are, we are good enough. 
just as we are, we are good enough. Many of us struggle with worthiness, present company in included. Many of us struggle with worthiness. And my struggle is very subtle, right? Someone will pay me a compliment or say something good about me and I will, uh, you know, be a little bit self-deprecating and brush it off and make a funny joke. You know, they'll say, you're a really great person. I'm like, well, you need to get out some more. You know, that sort of stuff. Trying to be funny, but really what I'm doing is reflecting my deep wounds of unworthiness. And I need to accept myself with compassion and mindfully notice when those things come up so that I can do the forgiveness work of loving those wounded parts of myself. And then we are in service to each other. And here's why service is great for, for, for getting us into that consciousness of abundance, right? Because one of the things that makes us feel like the world is not an abundant place and that we're not abundant and we're not living from abundance is that there tends to be a lot of disconnection from people and situations in our lives. And, and, and we feel unsafe and our amygdala or reptilian brain is doing its best to try and keep us safe and wants us to isolate even more. It's a, it's a whole circle. But when we are in service with each other and for each other, we build community. And when we build community, we forge connections. And when we forge connections, we feel safe. This way there's that saying, safety in numbers. Only when we feel safe can we truly begin to heal ourselves. We can't heal ourselves if we feel scared or if we feel we're endangered, if we are isolated and we are on high alert all the time and we're stressed out. We, there, there's no healing there. There's no return into wholeness. So safety is a prerequisite for healing. We create the space that we can accept and forgive ourselves. And from the healing comes a deeper sense of strength and resilience. And here's the thing about resilience. Resilience is that ability for us to be in the world and regardless of what happens in the world and in our lives, we don't fall apart. We don't implode. We don't pick the scabs off those deep wounds and get triggered and re-traumatized. That's resilience. When we are resilient, we see the world through a lens of, I am good and I bring goodness to the world and ultimately the world is good. And then finally, as we walk through life that way, we are in a place of trust, deep trust, knowing that God, spirit, universe, whatever you want to call it, is going to meet you at the point of your need. Now, I know the word trust sometimes gets a bad rap in unity. You know, Charles Fillmore himself, or was it Myrtle Fillmore? I think, I think it was Charles who said that trust is a weaker brand of faith. Well, I want to make the distinction between faith as one of our 12 powers and again, trust this knowing that your needs will be met at the point of when you need them. Not before, and that's the thing with us human beings, we want, to, we want, to, we want assurances before it happens, right? There's no assurances in this world other than knowing, if you choose to know it and live it, that 
God will meet you at the point of your need. And what do you need? There's the million dollar question. Because again, to bring this full circle, we think we need things outside of ourselves in order to feel loved, in order to feel safe, in order to feel healthy, in order to feel peaceful, in order to feel worthy, in order to feel fulfilled. We think those are things that the outside will bring us. No, we got to reverse engineer this. When we feel those things, then we will experience them as we walk in the outside world. That's how this works. And that's the deep understanding of what abundance consciousness is. When we realize that we are it, then we will experience it. And we will experience it apart from all the things we thought we needed to experience it. Those things may come into our life. They may not come into our life. But we get to understand that they don't matter anymore. They will not give us anything because all that we already need lies within. This is the true understanding of abundance. Living from forgiveness, acceptance, service, and trust. We talk about trying to, you know, manifest that life partner and manifest this perfect situation. And it's not about that. It's not about that. When we, when we live from a true, deep spiritual understanding of abundance, we realize that it is who we are that we experience the world. And who we are is divine, but we have to remember to choose to live from that divinity. So the question I ask you is, do you really get it? What it means to be divine to be living in and from abundance. To allow spiritual understanding to be what shapes and guides your every moment. Do you really get it? Let's take a moment and turn within for meditation. So wherever you are, whenever you're watching this, I invite you to take a deep breath. If you feel comfortable in this moment, Gently close the eyes. If you don't leave them open, that's perfectly okay. But just for a few moments, connect with the breath, the inflow and the gentle outflow of the breath. Connect with your body as you breathe. Notice the rise and fall of the chest, the, the lift and the fall of the shoulders. And as you breathe, allow the body to Sink into the chair or the bed or the sofa, whatever you're on. Now allow the body to relax with each exhale. Notice those moments of stillness between the inhale and the exhale. Let's just breathe in the silence for a moment. Should you become distracted by a sound or a sensation in the body, a discomfort and sensation or a random thought, notice them without judgment. And then simply return your attention back to the breath. Let the breath anchor you in the here 
the now. And in this moment, as we connect with the deepest of our deepest selves, we affirm, I am spiritual understanding. I am open to spirit's revelation. I am spiritual understanding. I am open to spirit's revelation. Let's sit with that affirmation for a few moments in the silence. We take another deep breath together, grounded in the knowing that in every moment from henceforth, we allow ourselves to be open to the revelation that deep spiritual understanding brings for us. We listen to our intuitive impulse, knowing and trusting that all will be revealed at the time it needs to be. And so it is, and so we let it be. Thank you again for allowing me to share this time with you. If you'd like to learn more about me and what I do in life, you can visit revogenholder.com or projectsanctus.com. And I hope to see you again, hopefully in person next time. Enjoy the rest of your day.